Once upon a time, the vast majority of women were given away in marriages, whether they liked it or not. Every day, fathers would trade their daughters for cows, donkeys, chickens, gold, and grain. But one day, women were given enough rights and freedoms that they could not only vote, but they could own their own property, open their own bank accounts, start their own businesses, and choose their own husbands. Because of that, more women began to enter into marriages because of love and desire rather than necessity and survival. And because of that, their daughters were able to choose partnerships that were good for them, allowed them to thrive, and brought glory and honor to God. Until finally, the world is moving away from child marriages and seeing women as possessions, and instead is beginning to see the truth, which God has always seen in his daughters, that we are image bearers of the Most High God. And our marriages have the potential to show the love of God in the truest form. Two, coming together based on mutual love and a relationship with Christ. Welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I'm your host and relationship coach, Lily Matonguiza. And today I wanted to talk about where we're at in the world history when it comes to love, relationships, and marriage. Because sometimes we get a little bit stuck because we're using historical data and information to try to figure out how we should act today. And that is problematic because the rules that applied then, especially when we're looking to the Bible, were very much based on culture and historical norms of the time. And when we try to apply that to today's situation, we have some problems. So today I wanna offer you a new filter for how to look at what you're doing and the choices you're making. Because for many people, myself included, we go into our relationship with God and we often, this is at least for me, I started with, I'm in complete rebellion. I don't want anything to do with God. And then I surrender and I move into this really legalistic stage. And the catchphrase that really captures this is the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. And, you know, this is an important part of our progression. It is us working out our salvation. We go through that phase of like, I don't know what's right anymore. And clearly I have been in the wrong. We go through that repentance. And I think that's a really normal, natural, and beautiful part of our walk with God. But it's not meant to end there. That's just the first half of the story. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but we don't end there. I really like to think about the Israelites' journey in their relationship with God. It started out once, you know, we get out of Eden and everything and God delivers his people. 
we start with that legalistic system. We start with the law. We start with here are the expectations for my relationship with you. This is God saying like, here's what I expect. Here are my requests. Here is how I want you to behave. And we fail because we are human. And no matter how long you spend in your relationship with God, no matter how well you know the scriptures, no matter how your relationship with God is going, you are still going to be human because God created you to be a human. And so we're still going to have those human issues like sin in our lives. And yes, we can overcome temptation, but we're never going to escape our humanity so long as we are living on earth. So what I'm suggesting is that we look at our relationship with God in the full spectrum to see where we're at and where we're headed. Because relationship is not about legalism. And I want to tie this back to dating because when you start a relationship with somebody, you're really getting to know the other person and you put a lot of the rules out there. Like if we're going to have a relationship, here are the rules of the game. Here's the basic expectations. Here's what's okay and here's what's not okay. And if you break those rules, then the relationship is at risk. But as a relationship progresses, we rely less on the rules and more on the relationship. In the beginning, you have to rely on the rules because you don't yet have a relationship. But as the relationship continues and grows and develops, you rely less on the rules and more on what is the relationship between us. And that's when we start to like, bend rules, change rules, adapt and grow because, and, and I believe that this is a really important part of our spiritual maturity, that we are not relying on carrots and sticks to keep us in line. The Old Testament is really based on like, if you do this, I will punish you. And if you do this, I will bless you. Carrots and sticks. But in the New Testament with Jesus, we see that it is about building relationship. It is about developing trust. It is about walking and faith and growing. And sometimes we see like, oh, this thing that used to be okay in the past is not okay anymore. And we're held to a new standard. We are held to a standard of love and that, my friends, sounds really nice. And so a lot of people like will ignore the love commandment because they are relying on the rules. They want to stick to the rules because we're afraid. We're afraid of cherry picking. We're afraid of doing it wrong. We like the rules. The rules let us know where we're at. And we, we like as humans, to know where we're at at all times. We don't like ambiguity. We don't like it when we're not 100% sure of exactly where we stand, especially 
with God. We want to know, am I good or am I bad? Am I okay or am I not? The problem is we don't have the tools. We don't have the capacity to really see accurately where we're at with God. And so we tend by default to really go to extremes. We're either like damned and there's no hope for us, or we've assumed that we're all good and everything is fine. And God is like, totally okay with everything we're doing. And the reality is that most of us for most of our lives will spend our time in that place of grace where we need God's grace to really cover us. And without that, we're we're lost. We're really still lost. Even if we're following the rules, if we don't have love, we end up just being a noisy gong. And so I have taken a motto to heart And this is a rule, not a rule, but it is an idea. It is a belief that I hold and try to be in integrity with. And my motto is err on the side of love. And for me, that means asking, what would love do? This really helps me to clarify for myself what the right step is. How do I do the next right thing? I am going to continuously try to move in the direction of love because without love, what is there? Because the law doesn't save us. And so I know I'm a human. I'm going to continue to err, but I want to err in this direction. So the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because our relationship with each other, especially in terms of women and men and husbands and wives and couples, is developing. It is not what it was 4,000 years ago. I see a lot of women who want what Rebecca had, or they want what Ruth had, or they want, you know, something that they think is more biblical than what is possible here today. And I want to suggest that we can have Christ-centered relationships that don't necessarily look like what was happening in the Bible. Because to be quite frank, I don't believe that most of the relationships that we aspire to in the Bible were actually Christ-centered. A lot of them were centered on tradition and culture and survival, not necessarily love and definitely not based on their relationship with Christ. I mean, the expectations of the time were very different. They were based around building up the family of Abraham and developing the 12 tribes of Israel. So they were marrying within their tribes because they wanted to keep that family going. But God is not no longer concerned with developing the nation of Israel as much as he is developing the relationship with Christ within us. And so when we're looking for somebody to partner with, we want to look for a partner who is capable of walking with us in our relationship with Christ rather than leading us or following somebody or anything like that. We want to ask ourselves, am I in a place where I have a healthy relationship with Christ, we need to get that part down first. We want to set that foundation. And then when that is like really firm, 
I believe we don't want to go into relationships and marriages, especially from a place of neediness. We don't need marriage. We really don't. None of us need. It is not a requirement for us to survive. We don't need marriage. We want marriage. And so when we just acknowledge that this is a desire, it is a want, then we can find somebody where we have a want match, where our desires are in alignment with their desires and we are headed in the same direction. And this is a really beautiful thing. This allows us to cultivate this atmosphere where we are moving from a place of internal motivation, being it filled with the Holy Spirit, being internally motivated because he is dwelling within us rather than externally motivated through threats and uh, consequences and rewards and blessings. The blessings of Christ are amazing. Absolutely. And the consequences of sin are awful. They are death. But In our relationship with God, we are not relying on those external things to move us forward. We're relying on our relationship with Christ internally to move us forward. And this is what I always share at the beginning of my coaching sessions. Like the answers that you are looking for are not out there in the world somewhere. They are not in somebody else's brain. They are not in a book somewhere. If Christ is dwelling within you, then rather than looking to the external world, we need to learn to look inward to Christ within, to the still small voice within each and every one of us. And that is where we will find truth. That is where we will find peace. That is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit will begin to grow and develop in our lives. We want to see them out in the world. But it really starts within, with Christ, in the secret place. So let me encourage you today. Whatever you're looking for out there, find it within first. Find it within your relationship with Christ. Every need that you have can be met in Christ. And then you have an opportunity to ask, now what do I want? My needs are fulfilled. You don't have to pursue a relationship from a place of neediness because that's not attractive, except for to people who like and require needy people, and that's not a healthy relationship. But healthy people build relationships based on mutual desire. And so your desire is a beautiful thing that I want you to honor, to respect, and to move towards because True desires, God-given desires, have been placed in your heart for a reason. They are your roadmap. You have an internal guidance system. The Holy Spirit really is guiding your footsteps. But the hard part is overriding all of your instant gratification desires, those desires that are like, now I want hamburgers, and now I want ice cream, and now I want a cute guy, and now I want this thing, those immediate gratification things that satisfy the flesh. We want to satisfy our spirit. We have the choice. We want both things. So we have to really begin to intentionally give more time to our deep God-given desires and less attention 
to our physical desires, those temporary desires, those desires that often take us off track because we think our brain naturally tells us that we need those things. I need to have that cookie. I need to do this thing. I need to go buy that. Our brain tells us that it's a need. And I'm telling you, it's not. It's a desire. You are not going to die if you don't get the thing that your brain is telling you you currently need. And our brains, they're just human brains. This is how they are. They're always going to catastrophize a situation. And somewhere down the line, it always leads to our inevitable death. Our brains are extremely dramatic and they really do in the moment, like it's embarrassing to say, but we really think that we're going to die if we don't do the thing. And we want to take a moment to just comfort ourselves, show ourselves a little love and compassion and friendliness to tell ourselves, really, I'm okay and I'm not going to die and I'm going to be okay. And it's hard to sit with those temptations when it's like alarm bells are ringing in your head and saying like, you have to do it. You have to do it. If you don't, like this is the end. You're going to die without the thing. And we're going to have to experience deprivation for a moment. Our brains will tell us that we are being deprived and it's not fair and we shouldn't have to experience that. But our heart and our soul knows that like that is exactly what I need. I really do need to experience those things so that I can get what I really want. Too many times we turn off our deepest desires because wanting those things makes us feel deprived. And so we say, I'm going to give up my deep desires and just indulge in my momentary desires instead. And I'm saying, let's switch that. Let's really focus on those deepest desires, those God-given desires, that desire for love and Christ-centered marriage And surrender those desires for temporary indulgences, for those temptations to move and act on every urge that pops into our heads and gives us that reaction of like, I have to do this. Just sitting with it and saying, I do want that, but not that much. I don't want it at the expense of my God-given desires. And really giving our God-given desires the honor and the respect, and the time that they deserve. So if you would like me to help you with that, I would encourage you to come take part in my masterclass. I am sharing five prayers to help you get in alignment with your heart's desires, to understand the life code better, and to really pray through some of these things because overriding those desires is a challenge. It is a huge challenge and it's possible. We're not going to be perfect at it. We're still going to fail at it all the time, but there's enough grace for that. Don't worry. But we can learn. So we're not just like doing it by default. We're really making progress on it. We want to take responsibility and like understand, yes, I can override my natural tendencies. I can override that. Sometimes I don't, but I understand that it's possible for me to do so. And in that, we take those baby steps forward and we begin to develop the love and joy and peace and patience we need to get to that place ultimately of self-control. But we don't get to self-control just by beating ourselves up and feeling bad. 
We get to them through love, through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, through practice and discipline, intentionally moving in that direction. So if you would love to join me, I would love to have you come participate in my masterclass. It is free. There are sessions available every day. I'm going to keep doing this throughout the summer because I really want to equip you with the tools and the skills that you need to start building healthy relationships. So come over and check it out. You're going to find it at proverbs2426.com slash healing dash prayers. There is a link in the show notes below, so make sure you check it out. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Until the next time, God bless you.